Welcome to the journey to inner wisdom. I'm Crystal Cotto Sullivan and your host for this podcast. I'm going to talk about the many facets of the journey to inner wisdom. As with any journey, there are many ways to get to where we're going. In this journey, there are many tools available to guide us on the journey, as well as people who will guide and mentor us. I'm going to talk about the ABCs of the journey to inner wisdom, awareness, beliefs, curiosity, discernment, the Enneagram, focus and flow, and gratitude. From time to time, I will invite guests to join the conversation and share their journeys and the tools and guides who journeyed with them. And you will hear about my own ongoing journey. I hope you will join me for this adventure. Transitions. When we embark on a journey, any journey, but more specifically with the journey to inner wisdom, we often find ourselves in a transition of some form. So before we explore the ABCs of the journey to inner wisdom, I'm going to have a look at transitions, mainly because I love to work with people in transition and because I have just gone through a major transition myself. Transition from the Merriman, the Webster Merriman Dictionary, a change from one state or condition to another. The prefix trans comes from the Latin meaning across, beyond, through, on the other side of, to go beyond. Think about it. Those are words that we often use when we are going through a transition in our lives. I want you to think about your own transition and the language that you use when describing those transitions. I've been through many transitions in my life, just as you have. Some I've handled very gracefully, some with less grace, and other transitions have seemed to have, ha have handled me. Let's begin by looking at the different types of transitions that, that make up our lives. There are natural transitions like seasons, daily transition of night to day, light to dark, waking to sleeping. Birth and death are also natural transitions for all life on this planet. And these transitions will vary, but are inevitable. Then there are the social transitions, which vary according to culture and expectations. Things like birthdays, graduations, weddings, engagements, milestones in business and work, anniversaries. We are always marking transitions, sometimes with a grand celebration and sometimes with a note in our calendar. And sometimes we ignore them completely. We also go through relationship transitions, job transitions, economic transitions, you name it, and there's always some form of transition. Our lives are full of beginnings, middles, and ends. Some are easy, some we take for granted, and some we have to work our way through to the other side. Some catch us by surprise, unexpectedly changing the course of our lives. Some are welcome, some are not welcome, and some we may just want to ignore. Some will occasionally blindside us and leave us in shock. I think you get the idea. We are always either beginning in the middle of or coming out of a transition. Let me tell you about some of my transitions. First, you need to know that I love to mark transitions for the most part. A party or a celebration, sometimes taken to the absurd. A celebration can raise our awareness that life is transforming, like graduation from university or college. Life is no longer ruled by assignments and exams. Rather, it is transitioning to the application of the accomplished studies. I always encourage my students to attend their graduation, even though some were very reluctant. B, 
being aware of transitions can lead to a deeper knowing about what is actually happening in our lives and may give us a bigger perspective on how we are making the transition. Let me tell you some of my, my transition stories. All transitions, as I've said, have a beginning, a middle, and an end. The beginnings of any transition are generally recognizable if we're paying attention. We're often entering into something new, a new phase, but the endings, the middle is where we're, we're kind of settled a little bit. And the endings are also generally recognizable as are the beginnings. In the beginnings and the endings, depending on the transition, we will experience a variety of emotions and thoughts. Transitions also impact our health and well-being. Okay, some stories. So my husband and I spent time working in Africa. And at the end of six years, we were returning to Canada. I was sad about the transition as we had made many friends while there, had wonderful memories. Our two children were born there. We had had visits from family members over the years and we had returned to Canada several times over the six years. So we felt connected in both places. As we were saying our goodbyes, I would say something like, well, this isn't really goodbye. We'll meet again. I was really avoiding saying goodbye and not realizing the impact it would have on me. One of the teachers that had worked with us took me aside one day and gave me an article about grieving and saying goodbye. It was actually by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And this new awareness that I was actually bargaining and not facing the end of this part of my life woke me up and I, I did begin to say goodbye to everyone that I saw and not saying that, oh, I'll see you again. It was like a real goodbye. This chapter of my life is closing. I realized then that I was closing that chapter and that if I met some of these people again, it would be pure gift. I cried my way through the next two weeks, but when I got on the plane and left, I was ready for the next adventure. I had made a graceful transition in the end. This learning has helped me to be aware of the many times I have left people, places, and jobs behind. I always say goodbye and close the chapter, no matter how painful it is. I have had many visits from people from that chapter of my life since then, and each time it is so exciting to connect without any expectations or baggage. My family has often given me a hard time because I like to create celebrations to mark transitions. And here's a story about quite a bizarre celebration. Our dear friend Lubinda came from Africa to live with us for a year. After a few months, she was not feeling well and found out that she had a serious amoeba in her gut. It was terrifying and we were all worried, especially Lubinda. This was a transition in her health situation that was not great, but we all needed to work together to get her healthy. Well, we had an amoeba party and we posted amoebas on her bedroom door. We celebrated that the doctors had been able to discover what was ailing her. The celebration marked our support of her wellness journey and she picked herself up and was more hopeful about the journey to wellness. A more traditional celebration, and maybe not so traditional, was for my mother's 90th birthday. She did not want a party, but then how many people get to be 90? So rather than put all the focus on her, we had a zero celebration. There were eight people celebrating a zero birthday, as well as two new babies coming in that year. So 
we had a zero party to mark the transition from one decade to the next for all of these people. It was a rip-roaring success, and my mother was thrilled, even though we did manage to make it mostly about her. After 14 years of marriage, I left our relationship. This was probably one of the most painful transitions I have made. As part of the transition out of the marriage, we went to marriage therapy to learn why our relationship ended and how not to make the same mistakes again. I wanted to be fully aware of my part in the breakup, and I wanted to be fully aware as I entered another relationship. The transition was interesting in that we ended up back together to mark the transition back into the relationship. We had an intimate celebration with a few people who had supported us during this painful and then joyful time. You'll probably hear more about that story as the weeks go on. Over the last almost two years, I think transition has been particularly difficult because in some way we have been forced into being in transition in so many ways. Our lives as we have known them shifted and changed many times. Our work may have changed, our finances, our contact with friends and family, our well-being has shifted and all these things continue to be in transition. There was a beginning and we were all hoping there would soon be an end and a transition to something more familiar with a bit more certainty. Every aspect of our lives was turned on end, even getting groceries, and we all remember the toilet paper shortages. During this time, the chaos, I don't think that's too strong a word. Chaos means a state of disorder and confusion. I think we can all agree that this is what it seemed like many times over the last 22 months. And I'll comment more on chaos later. During times like this, it's easy to not be in touch with what is going on internally because we're so focused on managing our external lives, like how to get food, how to manage work, children, school, etc. For me, the time, the time of COVID has been a major transition period, unexpected, unplanned, but welcomed. During the time of COVID, I realized I had been coasting for a long time and not really engaged in purposeful living. I was living externally and not pausing to notice the internal movements and messages. I blame COVID for my low energy, my lethargy, my lack of drive. A series of fortunate events occurred over the last four months, really over the last 22 months that have pushed me through a long, exhausting transition period to create the journey to inner wisdom. Just as COVID was beginning to make itself known at the beginning of 2021, and before travel was suspended, I spent a week with two of my soul sisters sharing our lives after about 20 years. One of them had gone through a major life-changing event and was transitioning, and so we came together to support her in her new chapter. Right after this wonderful weekend, I attended a Wellness Leadership Academy weekend in Toronto and was absolutely inspired to tap into my own magic. When I tell this story now, my head spins as some of so many things came together in such a short period of time, or what seems to be a short period of time. When I got back home, a friend of mine called to ask if John and I would consider being part of a webcast that would talk about the changing world around us, and in particular, the impact on lifestyle, relationship, and entertainment. Our first shows were focused on the devastating effect of canceling weddings and how to maneuver through the practical elements as well as the impact on relationships. Over the course of 65 episodes of the Life of Soiree Lifestyle Series 2020, we met some amazing people who guided and fed our transition journey. 
Early in the series, our team did a six-week program on finding our purpose. Mine was unearthing treasure. In the new year, 2021, I know I said 2021 earlier, I meant 2020. In the new year, we focused on getting our ducks lined up for the next year. Our first guest at the beginning of this year spoke about heartfelt goals and a, a, as opposed to more corporate, the more corporate approach, which was what I was used to, a more corporate approach to setting goals. The shift resonated with me and I was able to actualize my purpose. And this is when Journey to Inner Wisdom was born. In the midst of this, I was guided through a, a soul retrieval that was a huge transition for me. My son had suffered with schizophrenia, has suffered from schizophrenia for the last 20 years. And I realized I'd gotten myself stuck back when he had had his first psychotic break. With the help of one of my mentors, I was able to transition from holding that pain to being free to move forward. It was completely liberating. This created a space within me to move uh, into this new chapter with great gusto. Now I believe with the depth of my being that my purpose is to guide other women on their journey to find their own inner wisdom. I want to say that I'm grateful for the guides and wise people who have intersected with my journey over the, the decades. They've assisted me, encouraged me, loved me through the many transitions in my life. Some have been lifetime guides and some for a specific reason and some for simply a season. All are appreciated and held in my heart. I encourage you to explore how you go through transitions and who are your guides for your journey. Oh, and I did say I would comment on chaos. Another definition has, has to do with mathematics of change. Chaos is a pattern or a state of order existing within apparent disorder, as in the irregularities of a coastline or a snowflake. Both of those are fractals, and that is chaos that is ordered. Pine cones, ferns, broccoli, peacock feathers, even our body, our circulatory system, our brain, the neurons and the dendrites, they look chaotic, but there is order. They're fractals. Ben Weiss explains, whenever you observe a series of patterns repeating over and over again at many different scales and where any small part resembles a whole, that's a fractal. The interesting thing about chaos is that there is order, but not the order we expect. And out of chaos comes a recognition, a recognizable order and transformation. And it usually happens when we are beginning a transition. So when you find yourself thinking that life is chaotic, look a little closer to see what life is telling you. Join me next time as I explore awareness, being awake to our life and taking the time to look a little closer by raising that awareness. In the meantime, think about your own transitions and how, your how you have journeyed through them. Also have a look for fractals. I was just at the market and saw one of those beautiful Romesco vegetables. That is a wonderful example of a fractal. See you next time. Many years teaching at a college level, as well as working in administration. While at the colleges, I had many opportunities to work with different people 
not only as a professor, but as a teacher, trainer, program developer, coordinator, mentor, and chair. As a chair, I was able to facilitate team development days, work with students and parents, and manage over 100 full-time and part-time teachers. I immersed myself in the educational field of learning in the brain. I started a PhD in education, but realized it was not my passion. Even though I totally loved learning more about the learning process, research was not my thing. In 2012, I retired, or rather, I transitioned from working on someone else's terms to working on my terms. I worked at many things. Having taken classes at um, George Brown College School of Culinary Arts, I was interested and loved cooking. Catering, however, was uh, really hard work and um, I would rather have my own party for that much work and that little pay. So I did a few catering gigs and then use my knives at home. I sold jewelry. I did some contract work at one of the GTA colleges. I partnered with a fibromyalgia clinic and provided neurofeedback to the clients. I then started a new company with two other people based on work around food sensitivity and fibromyalgia and pain and lost that business for a variety of reasons that perhaps we will talk about later. In the midst of all these things, I was working on a, a PsyD and uh, a doctorate in psychology. And again, not my passion. I do love to learn, but without the pressure. I found myself learning, uh, teaching online, which was a wonderful job, but again, not my passion, not my heartfelt desire. The pandemic has proven to be an incubation period for me. My friend Rosemary, along with my husband and I, had been talking about doing workshops around relationships and marriage. This was in the early 2019. We all got busy. And then a year later, the pandemic hit and she called me. We began Soiree Lifestyle Series 2020, two weeks later, and we presented 62 episodes over a year and a half. During the year, we had many guests and I may not have had the opportunity or the inclination to work with them without my experience with Soiree. Joanne Mugi led us on the the on-purpose journey, which helped me to be more focused on my purpose. In March last year, I met Kimberly Banfield at the Wellness Leadership Academy. Ten months later, she was a guest on our web, webcast and presented our first episode in 2021 on creating our heartfelt goals for the year. It was exactly what I needed to unleash the plethora of experience and skills that I had gathered over the many decades of my life. Over the last 20 years, my son has suffered with schizophrenia. It has been a painful time, but also a time of learning and transitions. I've learned more about mental illness in my family and my extended family. I've learned to surrender, to love unconditionally. And I've had to learn to not just numb out when the pain is too much. Over the years, I've been fortunate to have mentors and guides to walk with me and to love me through this part of my journey. While taking Kimberly's program, Dare to Take Your Desire, Dare to Make Your Desire Happen, the beginnings of the journey to inner wisdom were born. For me, it was the culmination of my life's work and the result of my, of my continued journey. I can now use all of the skills, knowledge, and wisdom that I've experienced, gathered, and received in my life 
to guide other women on their pathway to their inner wisdom. There it is, a synopsis synopsis of my journey to inner wisdom. There's so much more to my journey, as you will have guessed. So many chapters and so many transitions. And my journey to inner wisdom continues. Even as I speak, I think of other things that I've done and I start to remember other things. When we get to life cycles and lifelines, we'll talk more about that. It is, as I said, for me, it is a journey to discover my authentic self, the essence of my being. I hope you will join me as you continue your journey to inner wisdom. Talk to you soon.